Welcome to A Course in Miracles, Living the Love, Walking the Talk with Rev. Jennifer Hadley. Get ready to focus on your intent to be the love, be the peace through practical application. Here is your host, Rev. Jennifer Hadley. Bonjour. Bonjour. <laughs> yes. Oh my gosh. This is the last episode of 2020. My goodness. <laughs> I'm also getting closer and closer to 500 episodes. So we're up to, uh, I think this is 480. Amazing. Never would have thought that when I first started out in 2011. And a big, huge thank you to all the people who have given me so much appreciation over the years for this podcast. It's my joy to connect with you beyond time and space and to walk this walk with you. Walk in the talk together. So let's begin with a blessing as we always do with our hand on our heart. We are grateful and thankful to open ourselves to unprecedented, unlimited, extraordinary love and light. We are abundantly willing to be the love of God, to be truly helpful, to live the love and to be that radiant light being that we are designed to be, that we are intended to be. And so we are accepting the atonement for ourselves. We are saying yes to our awakening. We're allowing the divine to be our lead and to be our guide. We give thanks for the opportunity to be present to love to our brothers and sisters, to answer the cry for love, and to be a joyous person in this world. We are grateful and thankful that everything we need is within us, and in gratitude, we share the benefits with all. We let it be, and so it is. Amen. 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 Yes. So I'm grateful, grateful, grateful to join with you, and I am so happy that for those of us who've been practicing, who've really been walking the talk and living the love, we've seen that this year has been extraordinary. For those of us who have been intent on deepening our practice and having a closer walk with spirit, we have had the opportunity to truly do that. And so it's been a miracle in the midst of everything else that's going on. That's for sure. I'm hearing this from so many folks in Masterful Living that they never expected that the work they did at the beginning of the year would actually come to fruition. It actually has been realized and brought into being. They never really thought when they wrote it down, when they did the work at the beginning of the year, that it would work for them, but it has. And so I know a lot of them listen to this podcast, so congratulations to you. Good on you. And we're going to do it again next year. Yes. So abundant willingness is the topic, and uh, that expression, which is often referred to, is uh, I think it's only in one place. It's in the Manual for Teachers It's in chapter 17, which is called How Do God's Teachers Deal with Magic Thoughts? And it's in um, paragraph 8, where Jesus is talking about reacting to our magic thoughts of how we could magically shift things rather than working at the level of the mind, working at the level of form. That's the magic. And he says, he's telling us that our magic thoughts will reawaken sleeping guilt, which you have not hidden, but have not let go. This is in paragraph seven. He says, each one, each magic thought says clearly to your frightened mind, you have usurped the place of God. Think not. He has forgotten. 
So this is one of the big fears that we have, and it gets triggered all the time. It's that God is going to be mad at us for usurping him in our own mind. To think that our own higher Holy Spirit self, the infinite presence of God, would be mad at us for usurping God as the supreme authority in our life, that we have said, oh no, we're the supreme authority, I'm the supreme authority, that God would be angry for this. This is the fear that is part of this unconscious guilt. Now, of course, what A Course in Miracles says to us over and over and over and over and over again is that this is an illusion. It's not real. So why would the Creator be upset about any choice that you make in this experience? It's not how God is. Being part of God, it's like being part of the ocean. Would the ocean be mad at someone who defiles the ocean in some way in a dream? In a dream? No, of course not. It wouldn't make sense. So Jesus says here, here we have the fear of God most starkly represented. For in that thought has guilt already raised madness to the throne of God himself. And now there is no hope except to kill. Here is salvation now. So that's the ego thought system that the way out of being punished is to be killed, to die. That's how we escape from the punishment is that we die. And uh, it says here, an angry father pursues his guilty son. Kill or be killed, for here alone is choice. Beyond this, there is none, for what was done cannot be done without. The stain of blood can never be removed, and anyone who bears this stain on him must meet with death. This is the ego perspective. Remember, pain is a wrong perspective. So now we get to paragraph 8 in the Abundant Willingness, where Jesus says, Into this hopeless situation, God sends his teachers. They bring the light of hope from God himself. There is a way in which escape is possible. Escape from death. Escape from fear. Escape from pain and suffering. There is a way in which escape is possible. It can be learned. And taught. But it requires patience and, you guessed it, abundant willingness. <laughs> so, into this hopeless situation where everyone feels guilty and ashamed and bad and wrong and unworthy and not good enough and unlovable. Into this hopeless situation, God sends teachers of God. And that's what we are. We are to teach what we are learning. We teach best what we are learning. And we bring the light of hope from God itself. There is a way in which escape from the nightmare is possible. And it can be learned and taught, but it requires patience and abundant willingness. Given that, the lessons manifest simplicity stands out like an intense white light against a black horizon, for such it is. If anger comes from an interpretation and not a fact, it is never justified. Once this is even dimly grasped, the way is open. Now it is possible to take the next step. Okay, so let's let's pause here. Let us, however dimly, grasp that anger comes from an interpretation. And it's not a fact, it's justified. It's justified. 
if anger comes from an interpretation and not a fact, it is never justified. But the thing is, is anger only comes from an interpretation. So every time we're angry and upset, this need not be because it comes from our interpretation. For me, because I used to be so, so angry all of the time, or so it seemed, I really learned that this is a great place for me to do my work. And I learned to be really grateful, truly grateful, that I could recognize when I'm annoyed or frustrated, upset, my thinking is not correct. I can change my thinking. And so I work at it every day. Because I'm not interested in being frustrated and upset and annoyed throughout my days of my life. I've discovered that I really can be mostly peaceful most of the time. And I like that. I don't really remember what it was like to be upset all the time. Thank goodness I I don't wish to have those memories and and, uh, dwell in the past at all. And so I am grateful that I can change my mind every day. I can lighten up every day. What else is a day for except to express love? And love never fails. When we choose love, we cannot fail. When we choose true love, we cannot fail. So there is a way for us to shift the world and it's about shifting the world we see recognizing that we are projecting it and that when we change our mind about the world the world really really does change and the easiest place to see this is in our relationships so here we are with just a few days left to the year Let us make a determination that from this point forward, and of course you may be listening to this well after the the (laughs) the um, date that I'm recording it, but we can always start again in each and every moment. But let's for those of you who are listening to this in a timely manner. Let's make 2021 all 100% of it about choosing love, being unbotherable, not because we're inured to suffering, but because we're not willing to project it out anymore. We are willing to change our mind about the world. And as always, every year in Masterful Living, the place I see that people do this the most successfully is in their relationships with other people. It often begins to kick in uh, strongly uh, towards the latter half of the year, getting into um, September, October, November. That's when people really can see the remarkable difference in their relationships, that they're not arguing anymore, that they're enjoying their relationships more. Their relationships have become more intimate, more caring. And so it's because they've been working on it all year long, practicing this patience and abundant willingness. So what is abundant willingness? Abundant willingness is when it's an overriding theme that we are willing to be willing that when we're confronted with life and the things that we don't like, the things that we don't want, the things that frighten us, that we're willing in that moment to partner up, to call upon the Holy Spirit. And like I was talking about last week, to not make decisions on our own, to be willing to open our mind to being pointed in the right direction. I was just talking with someone in Masterful Living the other day who had a remarkable experience of this, uh, where they were fretting for months about something, didn't know what to do or how to shift it and change it, 
was really important to them, really bothering them, and bothering them for quite some time. They finally really turned it over to spirit, and of course, dun-dun-dun-dun, spirit just dropped that idea into their awareness. What about this? Ooh. And then they took a little look at that suggestion, did a little investigation. Oh my God, this is the answer. This is the answered prayer. Now, sometimes what people do when the answered prayer comes is they think, oh, that's going to be too hard. Oh, I don't have the money for that. Oh, that's never going to work. It's like at the beginning of the year, people in Master Living, they think this isn't going to work for me. I don't have what it takes to do this. I'm not one of those people. But they have the willingness to just do the practices, apply the lessons, and the shifts and changes naturally occur. They start getting inspired. They build momentum through their practice, and it literally burns away their attachments to the thoughts, patterns, and behavior that have been creating their suffering. This is not rocket science. It isn't. It is. It isn't. But doesn't it feel like it is until you're abundantly willing? Yes. Yes. I, I will absolutely say that that is true. So this is how we escape. Patience and abundant willingness. And patience is uh, valuable. And patience requires, often, great willingness. And that was one of the places that I started at. I can see this now. Well before I came to A Course in Miracles, I began with a desire to be patient, to be kind, even when I was being tried. Or so it seemed, even when it seemed like life was giving me a trial. I had a desire to be patient. I had I developed a desire to be unbotherable. And one year, I don't know, maybe back in the 90s, I decided, oh, that's going to be my intention for the year, to be unbotherable. And again, not because I'm ignoring how I feel or what's going on. I'm unbotherable because I'm not going to interpret everything as working against me anymore. I'm going to have patience. And I'm going to be willing to be patient no matter what. So after all those years of being so complaining, so attacking, so... um, angry, it was a huge relief to discover, oh, I can be patient. I can practice patience. I have the willingness to be truly patient. And I discovered that the more I practiced being patient, the stronger I felt in love. And the stronger I felt in love the stronger I felt in everything. Fear began to dissolve and resolve. The more I chose love, the less fear I experienced. The more I chose to be loving and kind and patient with myself, the more I had the ability to do that with others. I could practice patience in the moment, and it built a fortitude within me. So I've been a a yogi, a student of yoga, practicing yoga on and off for 25 or 6 years, something like that. And so as a yogini, (laughs) uh, one of the things you learn in yoga, whatever kind of yoga you're practicing, is that... Sometimes it feels difficult to hold the posture. Sometimes it feels really, really difficult to hold the posture. Sometimes it feels like, oh my God, it's going to 
require everything you've got to hold that posture. And so in those times, you are still, you're breathing, but you might be wobbling and shaking and you might have to come out of it and go back into it. It it could be intense. And when it's intense like that, when that happens, you're strengthening your nervous system. You're developing your nervous system's ability to overcome the kind of uh, desire to run away, to make it stop, and to actually just experience it, just be with it, and very importantly, not label it good or bad, just to be with it. This is one of the great spiritual benefits of spiritual practice is to just be in your experience and not label it, not need to interpret it or make meaning of it. So let's say you're doing lots of uh, sun salutations, but doing them very slowly. So, and you're holding, let's say, warrior and things like that, triangle pose for a while for five breaths, for ten breaths, and you're feeling the discomfort and the strain and the stretch and maybe some pain, the good kind of pain, (laughs) of your muscles being stretched and strengthened, And then when you're walking around in your everyday life and you're standing online somewhere or sitting in traffic somewhere, like this year I saw in the news many times long, long lines of cars waiting to get COVID tests or long lines of cars waiting to get food distributions, right? We, we have to wait in line in our cars because of the virus, and that can be a strain, right, for many people sitting in traffic like that, uh, where it's barely moving can be a strain that we would go out of our way to avoid. Uh, and by the way, if you're ever in a situation like that, ask the angels for help. They love to help, and they're so good at it. They are amazing with moving those lines right along. And um, following up to last week's show about not making your own decisions, one of the things I've learned to do is, let's say, if there are going to be two lines, three lines at the grocery store, and you're trying to figure out by looking, well, how many does this person have, and how many does this person have? And let's see, they've got, what? Well, you know, and you're trying to calculate which is the best line to get in. Well, you could have a person with three things. Oh, but this one needs a price check and they have a coupon that's expired or whatever. And that can actually take longer than somebody that's got 30 things. So we don't know. But if you just say to spirit, what line do I get in? You tell me. And you, they, spirit may put you in the longest line, but maybe you're supposed to stand next to that person and bless them with your high vibration. Maybe you're supposed to strike up a conversation with them. I think we do less of that now in COVID, but um, do you see what I'm saying is don't make the decisions on your own. This is evidence of abundant willingness when we can practice this way. So we don't know what anything is for, but if you find yourself caught on a line, you are there to bless. Not to be tortured, not to be inconvenienced, not to go through some hardship. You're there to be bless, a blessing to those around you. So own it and be it. Call upon the angels. Call upon everyone that's holy. Uh, make prayers for everyone there. Bless their families. It's an opportunity. You may never have an opportunity to bless that person again. Let's let's make the most of it. It's a fantastic opportunity. Good Lord. <laughs> 
We have such wonderful opportunities in this world. It's amazing. And we can do so much with our loving thoughts, with our patience. So many people have told me that that cultivating patience has really been hard for them, but it's absolutely necessary. It requires. So there is a way in which escape is possible, and it can be learned and taught, but it requires patience and abundant willingness. Yes. Hey, if you'd like to learn that with me and be on this road with me, Masterful Living Registration is open and our first class is a bonus class new year reboot it's a wonderful opportunity to set your whole foundation for the year hey what else are you going to do on new year's eve most people are home and we've all watched enough tv let's join together and do a three hour new year reboot workshop on new year's eve and then i've got a wonderful program starting new year's day i'll tell you when i come back from the break I'm Jennifer Hadley. You're listening to A Course in Miracles on Unity Online Radio. We're walking the talk and living the love. Thank you for tuning in for A Course in Miracles Living the Love, Walking the Talk. And we're back. Thank you for returning. Thank you for coming back. (laughs) Yes, we're talking about abundant willingness, abundant willingness. And just before I return to that, I would like to share a couple of things with you about um, the things I'm, I'm doing in January So as I said before the break, New Year Reboot, New Year's Eve, come spend New Year's Eve with me. It's only $22. It's actually free if you sign up for my End My Self-Sabotage six-day challenge, which starts January 1st. So if you purchase that, you will get New Year Reboot for free. You'll get both of them for free as bonuses if you're enrolled in Masterful Living. And then the next thing is my Stop Playing Small Retreat, which I believe begins January 8th. And so it's all online. Everything's online. Of course it is. We're not traveling because of the virus. And so this is what Spirit led me to months ago to create this schedule for us. And at the time, it seemed like a lot. And now I can see what Spirit knew that I didn't know, which is that we're all going to be home in January, a lot of us. Uh, maybe, it, maybe it depends on where you are, but um, I, I don't see the opportunity to travel and go places and do things, though I know people who are. I'm staying at home, and so I am inviting you to join me and let us dedicate the month of January to our spiritual practice, to going really, really deep and doing a lot of clearing. This is the hallmark of these programs, and they're really all part of Masterful Living. So if you sign up for Masterful Living, you'll get most of everything that I'm doing in January. Um, You get $500 off the Stop Playing Small Retreat, and there's so much support in January. So, for instance, the New Year Reboot Program has four follow-up homework sessions. The Challenge to End Self-Sabotage has two homework sessions every day. We repeat some of them more than one day, and then we're repeating the whole thing at the end of January, early February, so you can actually do it all again twice for no extra charge. So this is the idea, is to give you a huge amount of support to really transform your thinking. So we're we're not working at the level of behavior anymore. We're changing the consciousness that's generating the behavior so that the change will be real and permanent, everlasting. And so this is the opportunity that I'm inviting you to come and join me. And so even if you just try it for one month, 
I, I, I really know that your life will be transformed. Uh, people have told me over and over again that the Stop Playing Small Retreat, even for folks in Masterful Living, has been just absolutely tremendous. I love when we can do focused work together. I've always loved the Stop Playing Small Retreat, and I'm amazed at how powerful it is doing it online. So there you have it. Lots of bonuses, lots of opportunities. Come get them while they're hot. And uh, also, I'm grateful, grateful, grateful that we can make any changes at all. It's such a blessing. And cultivating the abundant willingness is not only what's required, it is actually profoundly fulfilling to be able to have this abundant willingness. It, it makes such a difference in our daily experience. So this is my offering to you. <laughs> we have an extraordinary community that would love to welcome you, be prayer partners with you, be in mastery circles with you, and to be at Forgiveness Fridays with you and all the different things that we have going on in our Masterful Living community. You are most welcome. So back to patience and abundant willingness. Uh, in the fear and conflict section that you know I love so much, uh, in paragraph three, so fear and conflict is in chapter two, it's section six. Uh, in paragraph three, Jesus says, you must change your mind, not your behavior. And this is a matter of willingness. You do not need guidance except at the mind level. Correction belongs only at the level where change is possible. Change does not mean anything at the symptom level where it cannot work. So this is what a lot of people try to do. They try to change their behavior. So when I was talking about really cultivating the ability to be patient, I was talking about changing my mind about the value of patience. I realized that being patient would be very, very valuable to me. And that I had the capacity to do it if I wished to. Although it did stretch me, just like holding warrior pose for 10 breaths, I had the willingness to do it. It did stretch me, but it also strengthened me. So it challenged me in the moment to hold that posture. But that challenge then strengthened me and made me more able to be patient. Literally, they went together. So this is one of the things that we learn to cultivate because we have the real willingness to be patient, to be kind, to be generous, and not to fall back into the ways we've been in the past. So when we're being impatient, we're not actually present in the moment to the opportunity to be loving, to be kind, to be generous. No, when we're impatient in the moment, we're reliving the past. And so we can take that impatience, that frustration, that irritation as the clue that we've fallen out of the present moment. And so our willingness to be present to love's presence. This opens us. This is healing for us. This is transformative. You've heard me say it in the past that love is the healer. Love is our healer. I feel it's so important and valuable for us to remember this all the time. And to keep it in front of our awareness, at the top of our awareness, so that we can experience the most healing possible. Why is love the healer? Well, first of all, only love is real. So what are we healing in the first place? 
we're healing the idea that we're separate from the presence of love, from the activity of love, from the intelligence of love. So when we choose to be loving, we are being restored to our true identity. We're being restored to that which is real. So we're disconnecting from being fully identified with an illusion, a delusion. So this is why choosing to be loving is so renewing and restorative for us, unlike anything else in the world. And so in order for us to be loving, when so much of the time we're being unloving, all that's required is our willingness to choose love, to begin again, to choose again. So if we are noticed that we if we notice that we're feeling distressed, if we notice that we're not feeling happy, it's because we're choosing something other than love. And so how do we get back to peace? We choose love. So chapter 2, section 6, the fear and conflict section, in paragraph 3, Jesus says to us, You must change your mind, not your behavior. And this is a matter of willingness. You do not need guidance except at the mind level. Correction belongs only at the level where change is possible, which is the level of the mind. Change does not mean anything at the level, at the symptom level where it cannot work. So that's why making changes in the world of form, behavior modification, trying to talk somebody into seeing our perspective. These kinds of things are what I call pushing density, working at the level of form. It's not the fast way. It is not the most helpful way. It is not the most healing way. All that can do is help us to see the opportunities to choose love. But if we actually work at the level of the mind, and I was talking about this recently in a Sunday service, so we have Sundays with Spirit every Sunday. We've been doing it since um, just after Easter this year. So we have a service online, and um, the Sunday before Christmas, I was talking about how we can choose self-forgiveness and it will actually shift our relationships. I was talking about how, uh, as I've shared many times, that beautiful prayer at the end of chapter 5 where Jesus tells us how to deal with it when we are not at peace. So the text says, right there at the very last thing in chapter 5, I must have chosen wrongly because I am not at peace. So when whenever we're not at peace, we know we've chosen wrongly. So the thing to do is to go back and choose again. What do we choose? Love. That's what we forgot to choose in the first place. And in that beautiful prayer at the end of chapter 5, the one that I call the parent's prayer, in there, Jesus gives us that clear instruction that the Holy Spirit will undo all the consequences of my wrong decision if I let him. So again, all that's required is our willingness to say to the Holy Spirit, oh, Holy Spirit, I must have chosen wrongly because I'm not at peace. I must have decided wrongly. I must have decided that this is not good, that this is bad, that I'm bad, that somebody else is wrong. I must have chosen wrongly because I'm not at peace. That's how I know I've chosen wrongly. So help me choose again. Help me to see the loving choice. Help me to know what is the most loving choice I can make. When it says there that the Holy Spirit will undo all the consequences of my wrong decision if I let him, and of course I don't think of the Holy Spirit as having a gender, 
but this is what the teaching of Jesus is, not finding fault with it. Just know that uh, the Holy Spirit is genderless, but Jesus is, we're told that this teaching really is directed towards Christians who are followers of Jesus and perhaps um, struggling with the misinterpretations of his teachings that he gave us when he walked the earth. Anyway, so it's, it's hard to believe. Look, it's hard to believe that we could give the consequences of our wrong decisions, the things that we said and did that seem to have a really uh, disastrous effect in this world, that we could just give that to the Holy Spirit to undo all the consequences. So, for instance, let's say we accidentally hit someone with their car and they died. Well, how could the Holy Spirit undo all the consequences of that? We can't comprehend it. There are many things that I feel the best way for me to proceed is to say, okay, I can't really comprehend it from the level of my personality that the Holy Spirit could undo all the consequences of when I was mean and cruel and um, attacking of someone and that led them to conclude that they are a bad person, uh, that they're stupid, that they're wrong. Well, I just have to trust, right? This is why trust is the number one characteristic of God's teachers. And trust requires willingness. There's not going to be any trust without willingness. So this is why it goes back all the time to willingness. And having patience can help us to open up our heart to make the choice that willingness requires. So I I think it's really valuable, too, what Jesus says to us here in this section. Chapter 2, Section 6, Fear and Conflict, Paragraph 3. You do not need guidance except at the mind level. So we don't need guidance at the personality level. We need it at the mind level. If we are willing, we will see that in every moment, with every choice that we could make, there is an opportunity to choose the highest and best choice. It's there. It's embedded in our script always. And we will not see it without abundant willingness. How do we get to abundant willingness? We just keep choosing love, keep choosing kindness, keep choosing to be generous from the heart. So what does does that entail? Well, number one, in, in many cases, it's about moving out of lack and limitation thinking. This is why I do my Stop Playing Small retreat, because so many people are in absolute just what's the word uh like a spider's web of lack and limitation thinking i that's how i used to be and my mind finally opened up and i started to see oh my god i am looking at every decision i make all aspects of my life i am approaching it from a perspective of there's not enough i'm in lack but it's not true I'm imposing my belief in lack, which is an expression of my belief in separation. I'm imposing that on my life experience. It's not real. I am choosing lack. I am choosing limitation. So my practice of my willingness became, okay, spirit, show me the highest and best choice in this moment. And that's why if we can surrender the decision-making, the the fact-finding to spirit and say, okay, I'd like to make the highest and best choice in my relationship, in my career, 
Am I to move to be closer to my family? Am I to stay here with my friends? Am I to uh, downsize or upsize? Am I to take this job or that job? All these kinds of questions that come up for us to answer in our life. If we just keep saying to spirit, you guide me, you decide for me, let me know what the highest and best decision is. Because if we can grasp, and it takes a moment, it takes great willingness, really abundant willingness, to grasp that the highest and best choice for me has to be the highest and best choice for you, and the highest and best choice for you has to be the highest and best choice for me because we're one. If we're separate, then it's possible that the highest and best choice for one person could be a a negative choice for somebody else. But if we're all one, there's no way our good can be separated. So that just holding that in mind, that the highest and best for anyone has to be the highest and best for everyone because we're one. So let me break that down for a second because this deeply affects our willingness. If we can believe that whatever is best for anyone is best for everyone, then we're going to be more willing to open ourselves to Spirit's guidance of what is the highest and best for us. So let's say that the highest and best for this sports team is that they lose the game and the other team wins the game. It's hard to conceive of. Oh, so the other team is going to make the money and go to the finals. The other team is going to have all this benefits. But there's a reason for that. We're not going to see it from the level of the personality. How could we? There's all those people who are affected, all the people who work for the team. Uh, I I don't know if the teams have deals with sponsors, all the the people who are in connection with those sponsors. I mean, there's so many different permutations, or not permutations, but different aspects that are affected by something like that. How could we see all the ramifications in the expressions of cause and effect, we can't. We, we, I don't know anyone who can pop out of time and space to see that level of cause and effect. So that's where we have to have trust that if it was the highest and best for our team to win the game, they would have won the game. Simple. So why would we feel bad about the highest and best happening, we wouldn't. But that's it. If we think the highest and best is for me to get this job and for them not to get that job, and then we don't get the job, they get the job, we're thinking, oh, the highest and best did not happen. If we think the highest and best that could happen is that my spouse stays in this marriage, but my spouse leaves this marriage, and I think that's not a good thing, that's a bad thing, it shouldn't have happened, then we're imposing our will upon God's will. And there is no separate will, there's only God's will, but we're imposing an illusion that our will was not done, God's will was done, and God's will is not the highest and best. I know what is, God does not. You see how that creates this mental distress and emotional distress, and you can feel it. You can experience it. And if we are not working at the level of the mind to hand it over to the Holy Spirit, we're going to think that we're right. We're going to live in that distress. We're imposing it upon ourselves because of our perspective. Pain is a wrong perspective. So, You can see willingness is required to say, okay, I don't know what anything is for. Lesson 25. I do not know what anything is for. 
and everything works together for my good. So ultimately, everything is for my good. I can know that. But maybe not the subtleties in cause and effect of what the lesson is for me in this. But I can rest assured that everything that is unfolding is for my highest and best. And if we keep energizing that, that we're worthy of the highest and best, and we'd like everyone to experience the highest and best, even the people that we don't like, even the people that we think, oh, they're not a good person. If we can still pray for the highest and best for everyone all the time, we're going to liberate so much faster from the illusion of separation. So what we're doing is our mind is awakening to the truth and our willingness is required for our awakening to the truth, our realization of the truth. It's never going to be imposed upon us. It has to be we choose it. Yeah, it's beautiful. Oh my goodness. This is the last episode of the year. And I'm so grateful to have spent this year with you. And if you've been listening to this podcast for some time and you've been thinking about joining me in Masterful Living, this is the year to do it. It really is. We start on New Year's Eve. Come spend New Year's Eve with me in my New Year reboot. Come start January 1st with me in my self-sabotage challenge. Come to my Stop Playing Small Retreat. All of this is part of Masterful Living this year. And we are going to immerse ourselves in January. You can come and join us. I'm so grateful for our deepening spiritual practice to be led and guided by spirit to the highest and best. I'm so happy to share it with you. Book an exploratory call with one of the spiritual counselors if you think you might be interested. All the details for Masterful Living, my year-long program, my very best program, are at jenniferhadley.com. We take a breath of love and gratitude to be walking the talk and living the love together. We share the benefits with all. We let it be, and so it is. Amen, amen, amen. I love you, God bless you, and Happy New Year. Mwah.